This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you dig the twisted, admire the outlandish, and are enamored by the unusual, you're in the right place. True crime, the supernatural, the unexplained, now you're speaking our language. If you agree, join us as we dive into the darker side. You know, because it's more fun over here. Welcome to Total Conundrum. Warning. Some listeners may find the following content disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> hey there, Conundrum crew. Jeremy and Tracy are back in the studio, and today we're venturing into the eerie world of cursed movies. Buckle up, it's about to get spooky. That's right, Jeremy. We're taking a stroll down the haunted Hollywood Boulevard, where movies aren't just on the screen. They're tangled in a web of curses. But before we descend into cinematic supernatural, a friendly reminder to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. And for our audio aficionados on Apple and Spotify, toss us a haunting five-star rating. We appreciate the love from our cursed and uncursed movie lovers alike. And speaking of love, let's give a shout out to our podcast pals. This week, we're swapping trailers with Scary Tales and Serials, where the spooky meets the serialized, and Let's Talk Turkeys, serving up a feast of laughter. Check them out. It's a podcast trailer swap bonanza. Now, back to the spooky business. Cursed movies? Jeremy, they say making a movie is like summoning a ghost. You never know what you'll end up with. That's true, Tracy. From cursed sets to haunted props, it's a whole cinematic ghost story waiting to be told. Tracy, any favorite cursed movie that sends shivers down your spine? Oh, definitely, Jeremy. But let's not give away all the screams just yet. We've got cursed productions, haunted film sets, and maybe a ghostly cameo or two. Well, Conundrum Crew... Get ready for a spooky movie marathon like no other. It's showtime for Cursed Films, and Tracy's got the popcorn. Cursed? Of course. You know it, Jeremy. Grab your ghost detector and let's dive into the world where the silver screen is coated in mystery, magic, and a touch of the supernatural. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, guys. I'm Tara and Mara and together we are Scary Tales and Serials. We are two best friends, ghost hunters, and moms who know all too well that mama ain't easy. So we do this to relax and unwind. We communicate with spirits because let's face it, they're the only ones that truly listen anyway. 
If you like the paranormal, all things spooky, true crime, and downright murderous tales, then you're in the right place. Join us on our spooky adventure. Each episode, we tell you a story and use humor and some great banner to keep the craziest stories light. We share tales of our ghost hunting adventures and hot takes on some of the wildest cases out there. With our episodes, you may hit a range of emotions, laughing, horror, anger, and even some tears depending on the case, but we promise we keep it fun. Tara, that's me, is the self-proclaimed overachiever, delving deep into the cases to uncover as many facts as possible, and Mara sprinkles in the razzle-dazzle with her wit and humor. There is something for everyone with us. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and just about anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on our socials. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Give us a listen and tell your friends. We hope to see you there. Until next time. Toodaloo! Toodaloo! Hey, Jeremy, how are you today? I'm good. Just living the dream here. Living the dream. I'm not sure whose dream it is, though. (laughs) So it's like another day in paradise, minus the beach and the pina coladas. (laughs) Pretty much. I feel like a million bucks after taxes. All right. All right. Enough with our goofy puns. Are you ready for our exciting story today? For shizzle. Sorry, I had to slip one more in. (laughs) Let's hear what you got for us today. All right. So, in the bustling world of Hollywood, a film called Poltergeist took the silver screen by storm. Released in 1982, the movie captivated audiences with its thrilling tale of a suburban family tormented by a malevolent spirit. Little did the cast and crew know that their involvement in this cinematic masterpiece would lead to a haunting curse that would echo through the years. The curse began with the tragic and untimely death of Dominique Dunn, the talented young actress who portrayed the eldest daughter, Dana Freeling, in the film. Just months after the movie's release, Dominique's life was cut short at the tender age of 22. She fell victim to a senseless act of domestic violence, leaving her family and the entire industry in shock and disbelief. The curse had claimed its first victim. As the years passed, the curse seemed to grow stronger, targeting the cast members in increasingly eerie ways. Heather O'Rourke, the young actress who portrayed the iconic character Carol Ann Freeling, became a focal point of the curse. Tragically, at the age of 12, Heather fell gravely ill. Despite desperate attempts to save her life, she succumbed to a misdiagnosed intestinal obstruction. The curse had taken another innocent soul. The curse did not discriminate between the young and the old. Julian Beck, the actor who portrayed the terrifying Reverend Kane, met a similar fate. Diagnosed with stomach cancer shortly after the release of Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, Julian's health deteriorated rapidly. His once robust figure withered away, leaving him a mere shadow of his former self. He passed away before the film was even released, becoming another victim of the curse's evil. As if these tragedies weren't enough, Will Sampson, who played the shaman 
Taylor in Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, encountered his own share of misfortune, a respected Native American actor and artist, Will battled serious health issues throughout his life. He underwent a heart and lung transplant, but sadly his body rejected the new organs and he passed away shortly after the surgery. The curse had claimed yet another life, leaving those involved with the film puzzled and terrified. Even those who worked behind the scenes were not spared from the curse's grasp. Richard Lawson, an actor who portrayed Ryan in the movie, survived a harrowing plane crash in 1992. Miraculously, he and a few other passengers survived the tragedy, but the curse had left its mark on his life forever. Throughout the years, rumors and speculations surrounded the Poltergeist franchise. Some claimed that the curse was a result of the filmmaker's decision to use real human skeletons in the film, an act that was believed to have angered the spirits. Others suggested that the themes and the subject matter of the movie had attracted negative energy that clung to those involved. Regardless of the cause, the curse of the poltergeist cast served as a haunting reminder of the delicate balance between the supernatural and the human realm. It stood as a testament to the power of storytelling and lingering presence of otherworldly in our lives. Today, the legacy of the curse lives on. The poltergeist movies continue to captivate audiences, drawing in new generations with their chilling tales. The tragedies that befell the cast serve as a somber reminder of the delicacy of life and the mysterious forces that may lie beyond our understanding. Yet amidst the darkness is also a glimmer of hope. The curse of the poltergeist cast has also sparked conversations about the importance of honoring the memories of those lost. It has brought forth discussion about mental health, domestic violence, and the need for improved safety measures in the entertainment industry. They organize charity events dedicating funds to causes that support victims of domestic violence and promote mental health initiatives. Through their efforts, they strive to transform the curse's legacy into one of compassion, empathy, and positive change. As time moves forward, the curse's grip gradually weakens its presence fading into the archives of Hollywood lore. The tales of tragedy became a cautionary reminder, not only for those involved in the film, but for all who encounter the supernatural. So do you remember watching Poltergeist as a kid? Uh, I, I barely remember it. I don't remember that movie very well. Oh, see, that one is stuck in my brain like... And unfortunately, in that's the second time you've asked me that on that movie, and that's I true. still haven't looked it up. <laughs> oh, we, we should watch that tonight. We should. We, we should really should, because I'd like a trip down memory lane. I'm game, yeah, because it's been probably 25 years since I've seen it, maybe yeah. even longer. I don't know why. I remember so much of that movie from them walking into the kitchen and all of their chairs being stacked on the table to the little short lady that tries to get Caroline out of the abyss, you know, because she gets taken away from the family. The whole skeleton thing, that freaks me out. So at the, towards the end of the movie, basically 
I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this movie by now, get on it. Fast forward a little bit here. But at the end of the movie, basically this, the reason it's haunted is because they built it on a Native American burial ground. And at the end of the movie, it's downpouring and this like sinkhole forms and the mom gets pulled in or falls into the sinkhole and there's like skeletons all around from oh boy. Yeah. And to find out after the fact that those were actually real skeletons, oh my God, that is so creepy. Probably bought from H.H. Holmes. Probably. (laughs) But the one thing that they, in my research of this that um, I forgot to include is the little brother, the little boy in the movie. There's a scene, and I've talked about this scene before, where he's sitting in his bed, there's this creepy old tree outside his window, and the lightning keeps illuminating it, and he's getting really, really scared, and he's counting one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, in between the lightning and the thunder to see how close the storm is. And he flashes and looks at this clown sitting on his creepy-ass clown, sitting on his chair in his room, and then the clown is gone. <gasps> And then all of a sudden he gets attacked by this clown. But the people, the producers of the movie, the filmmakers thought he was just really acting really well. Well, this thing was an animatronic that actually malfunctioned and it almost strangled him to death. Oh, really? Yeah. So those were, you know, some of the things that have terrorized me my entire childhood. (laughs) But I want to watch it again because I want to see. Let's watch it. I'm ready. I mean, just picture Carol Ann sitting there next to the and TV. Th- that way, the next time you ask me for information about this movie, I might have it. <laughs> well, maybe you'll have some about the other ones. Actually, I'm sure you will because I know you I have I know seen, I got one. I know you've seen some of these other ones. So, um, But yeah, I just every time I think of Poltergeist, I just think of Carol Ann sitting in front of that TV with their hands on it, and she looks back, and she's like, they're here. They're here. Johnny. (laughs) All right, on to the next one. We are going to cover the infamous Omen movie curse. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. It's a tale that has intrigued and fascinated people for decades. Legend has it that the production of The Omen, a horror film released in 1976, was plagued by a series of eerie and tragic events, leading some to believe that the movie itself was cursed. It all began with the production's initial struggles to find a suitable filming location. The filmmakers eventually settled on a grand mansion in England, which they believed would be perfect for creating the eerie atmosphere required for the movie. Little did they know that the mansion had its own dark history and a history that would intertwine with the making of the omen. Shortly after the production began, a lightning strike hit the film's main star, Gregory Peck's airplane. Miraculously, no one was injured, but... It set the stage for a series of bizarre incidences. You definitely don't want to be in a plane on these uh, horror movies, apparently. No, it seems to be like a, a trend. Here. A trend, yeah. yeah. There will be more that will have this kind of same thing. That's freaky. Yes. 
I mean, I always thought flying in a plane was safer than a car, but according to some of these curses... Not, ah. not when you're in a horror film. <laughs> the crew experienced numerous accidents and mishaps during filming, from car crashes to onset injuries. Some attributed these events to mere coincidence, but others couldn't help but wonder if something more sinister was at play. Tragedy struck when the assistant to the film's executive producer was involved in a horrific car accident. His car collided with a truck, killing him instantly. Shortly after, a member of the special effects team, John Richardson, was involved in another car accident while working on a different film. Tragically, his girlfriend was decapitated from the accident. Yikes. Yeah. And it mirrored a chilling scene from The Omen itself. Really? So if that's not irony. That's another movie I haven't seen in like 25 years. I don't, I know <laughs> I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I Now, I don't remember much from isn't, this movie. Isn't Omen with Damien? I believe so. But there's some of them that I kind of mixed together too from yeah. back in that day because a lot of them were similar. So we're going to have to make, make a list. Poltergeist, oh, yeah. The Omen. Sounds good. <laughs> but the eerie incidents didn't stop there. The plane, again, that was chartered to transport several key members of the production, including the film's writer, David Seltzer, was struck by lightning again during a flight. Fortunately, everyone aboard survived, but the event only fueled the growing belief in the curse. I think I'd be a believer. Right? That's two lightning strikes on two planes. I'm a believer. <laughs> Perhaps the most chilling of all was the discovery that the son of the film's lead actor, Gregory Peck, committed suicide shortly before the omen was released. This heartbreaking event added another layer of darkness to the film's already haunted reputation. The rumored curse of the omen reached its peak when a tragic accident occurred during the film's marketing campaign. A private plane carrying several executives from the film's distributor crashed, killing everyone on board. Jeez. So that was three plane three? incidences uh, during the I filming of this on a movie. Plane around that movie. No. This incident further fueled speculation that a malicious force was at work, exacting its toll on those associated with the film. While skeptics argue that these events were nothing more than unfortunate coincidences, the tale of the Omen movie Cursed has endured captivating the imaginations of moviegoers and horror enthusiasts alike. So that is crazy that there was that much... I mean, you've got the beheading of the girlfriend, you've got the suicide of a son, the three plane incidences. You know, thank God the first two, nobody died. But again, no thank you. <laughs> nope. nope, nope. All right. Now, the next one we have covered in a whole episode, so you'll probably be able to add a little bit to this one. A little bit. So the next one we're going to cover is The Curse of the Exorcist Movie. Ooh. The Exorcist Movie is a legendary and chilling phenomena that has fascinated fans and movie enthusiasts for decades. 
considered one of the most cursed films in cinematic history, the curse is said to have plagued the cast and crew involved in the production, leading to a series of unfortunate events and eerie occurrences. The curse seemed to take hold even before filming began. The set was mysteriously destroyed by a fire, which some attributed to supernatural forces. And, it, and it destroyed everything but Regan's bedroom. Regan's bedroom? Yeah. Just going to ask you that because I remembered you covered that. Yeah. So uh, everything but. Yeah, didn't touch the room at all. Oh, my gosh. Everything on the set was gone. Trippy. Very trippy. Several key members of the production team, including the son of the author of the original novel, experienced near-fatal accidents and illnesses. During the filming process, strange and unexplained incidents continued to unfold. The actress, Ellen Burstyn, who portrayed the mother of the possessed girl, suffered a back injury when a rigged stunt went wrong. So was that the one where Regan was like projected her up against the wall or something? Do you S something like that? But I know the there was a crew member that was holding her on wires in the back, and the uh, crew member pulled on the cable so hard that it dislocated her back. Oh my gosh! Ah, oh, the pain! <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Well, life lifelong injury there. Yeah. Well, Linda Blair, the young act actress who played the possessed girl, Regan, was injured when a malfunctioning harness caused her to be violently thrown around during a particularly intense scene. So I'm assuming that was like a levitation scene or something where she kind of levitated off the bed or yeah, maybe she was... Yeah, I think her was body was going all over the place. Convulsing. Yeah. So she, again, had a lifelong injury from this. Yep, spinal injury. Yep. The cast and crew also experienced peculiar happenings offset. Reportedly, a lightning bolt struck a cross atop a nearby church, further fueling the belief that the supernatural forces were at work. And this cross apparently fell off the roof and right into the middle of the church that was filled with churchgoers. And it didn't hit. And it didn't hit a single soul. That is crazy. I'd be like, retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, members of the production team reported strange sounds, objects moving on their own, and inexplicable, inexplicable disturbances in their hotel rooms. Tragically, the deaths of several individuals associated with the film added to the mystique of the curse. Actor Jack McGowran, who played the role of Burke Dennings, passed away from influenza shortly after filming his scenes. Max von Sydow, who portrayed the iconic Father Marin, experienced the loss of his brother during the production. The curse even extended beyond the immediate cast and crew. Reports surfaced of movie theaters showing the exorcists experiencing mishaps, such as fires and audience members fainting or becoming ill during screenings, it seemed as though the curse had the power to affect anyone connected to the film, even the audience members themselves. 
While skeptics dismiss the curse as a mere coincidence or exaggerated folklore, the persistence and unsettling nature of the events surrounding the exorcist continue to capture the imagination. The curse has become an integral part of the film's legacy, adding an eerie mystique that has contributed to its enduring popularity. Yeah, so the uh, opening of the film, uh, when uh, audience members went into the uh, theater, Mm -hmm. sat down, started watching the film, it was so bad that every single person in the whole movie theater was puking and... Do you think it was like a kind of like a monkey see monkey do yeah type chain of reaction? <laughs> One person starts know. puking, causing more people to start puking. I don't know, but that it's crazy. That was another tidbit that I had in my story. Well, I remember when you were researching your story. See, I wrote this story months and months ago, and I kind of put it on the back burner because Jeremy covered The Exorcist, but then I decided I still wanted to do it because The Exorcist was only one small part of it. And so I love the fact that he did a whole story on it. But I remember when you were watching like interviews and stuff, they were interviewing people coming out of the theater, and they're like, I got so sick. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, really? Really? (laughs) The power of cinema. Yeah, and then I, I hadn't... I don't think I've ever watched The Exorcist from start to finish. I watched just bits and pieces when you were watching it because I was working on a different story. And I remember watching bits and pieces of it growing up, but I think it scared me too bad to watch it when I was younger. Mm. So that's another one that I would like to actually sit down it's and a good one. watch. And I mean, it, it's still pretty freaky today. Yeah. You know? 20-something years after filming, it's still, whoa. (laughs) Actually, it'd be more than that. It'd be closer to, what, 35, 40 years. Yeah, when did it? I had it in the beginning. Now I don't remember when it filmed. But But regardless, yeah. yeah. It it holds. It definitely holds. All right, so we'll get back into it. Whether the curse is a result of tapping into dark supernatural forces or simply a series of unfortunate coincidences, the legend of the curse of the exorcist serves as a haunting reminder of the power of cinema to blur the lines between fiction and reality. It remains a captivating enigma for those who dare to explore the darker side of the silver screen. Yeah. (laughs) So... We're on to the crow. I think you're excited about this one. We'll see. (laughs) The movie The Crow is notorious for its association with the tragic and widely discussed curse. Released in 1994, the film is based on the comic book of the same name and stars Brandon Lee, the son of martial arts legend Bruce Lee, in his final role. The curse that surrounds the production revolves around a series of unfortunate incidents that occurred during filming, leading to the untimely death of Brandon Lee and other eerie events. During the filming of The Crow, a tragic accident took place on set. In a scene involving a gun, a malfunction occurred and a projectile became lodged in the barrel. When the gun was subsequently loaded with blanks 
for a later scene, the force of the blank cartridge caused the lodged projectile to shoot out, striking Brandon Lee in the abdomen. You would think at this point that they would stop putting these blanks in these guns and figure out how to use it with CI because there's been a lot of accidents. Yeah, or just maybe do better safety checks. I mean, because, you know, what was it? Just two years ago, you had Alex Baldwin Mm -hmm. accidentally shoot another cast member. And I know there's more. I just can't think oh, of it right there's now. There's a lot of them, but I mean, that's only a couple of years ago. You right. Know? I just can't believe that uh, that could still happen these days, you know, with all the safety checks that they're supposed to do. Right. But so with this movie, you know, not only do you have this supposed movie curse that's affecting multiple people, but with the Bruce Lee story, there's also a curse involved in that. So when Bruce Lee was just a kid, his father actually named him a girl's name and dressed him in dresses because his father believed that there was a curse that would take their firstborn child. Right. And so that was something that Bruce Lee kind of thought throughout his life up until he died and that... uh, A lot of people think that that curse is what took Bruce Lee's life eventually, which... You know, Brandon Lee is also the firstborn child. Right. First male-born child. Right. Yeah. Kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. We, when we were uh, practicing and going over this story and stuff last night, Jeremy, you know, we went inside and he popped on, what was the name of the movie? Uh, The Real Bruce Lee Story or something Something like that. that. Really good movie. And I had never heard of, I mean, I knew who Bruce Lee was and I I knew of the curse of the crow, but I didn't realize that there was a curse on the Lee family supposedly yeah, as well. Yeah. So I always found that interesting because, you know, the uh, ages too. I mean, Brandon Lee, when he died, he was 28. When Bruce Lee died, he was 32. Right. Well, and Bruce Lee's dad basically had him start martial arts at a very, very young age because according to this curse, there's a warrior that was supposed that he was supposed to fight and he wanted him to be able to defeat this warrior. And um so yeah, that's how he, you know, learned his martial arts and he taught the martial arts to his wife yeah. and his children as yeah. well. Yeah. It's a pretty interesting uh, story, you know. Yeah. I, I know that, you know. Obviously, there's a reason why Bruce Lee died. Right. You know, it was a head injury, or it wasn't I, a headache that he took yeah, a pill he had for. A headache, or and then he took a pill. Which there's a lot of possibilities, I guess, because they were talking that he might have been using other drugs and then mixed the one drug. Right. And, but the curse is what did it. I right. mean, we know it. It's all about the curse. It's about, all about the curse. <laughs> all about the curse. <clears throat> all about the base. Well, I have to say, I actually made it through the whole movie. I only heavy blinked once. <laughs> you mean you mean I only had to wake you up once? Once. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a rare occurrence. I am infamous for... Uh, about 10, 15 minutes into the movie, start snoring. Snoring logs. 
Well, anyway, getting back to the crow, despite immediate medical attention, Lee tragically passed away from the injuries sustained during the accident. This incident alone created a sense of unease and tragedy surrounding the film. However, reports of other peculiar occurrences soon surfaced. Some crew members claimed to have experienced unexplained phenomena and strange accidents during the production. Lights would inexplicably go out on their own, equipment malfunctioned, and crew members suffered injuries. The circumstances surrounding Brandon Lee's death and the alleged paranormal activity on set led to speculation that a curse was at play. The idea of a curse gained traction when it was revealed that a real crow used during filming as a symbol in the movie had attacked members of the production team. Oh, hell no. Birds are creepy and freaky as hell. <laughs> so no Alfred Hitchcock then? Right. No. <laughs> I, you can ask Jeremy. I do not handle birds very well, especially when they dive bomb me when we're sitting on our deck. <laughs> I laughed through that whole movie. Did you? Alfred Kill, Hitchcock? Killer birds. The birds. <laughs> well... This further added to their belief that supernatural forces were at work, seeking revenge or expressing their disapproval. The Curse of the Crow movie also extended beyond the set. Several individuals involved in the production and promotion of the film tragically passed away shortly after its release. These included the movie's director's girlfriend, who was killed in a car accident, and a construction worker who fell to his death on a separate movie set. These incidents, while not directly connected to the production itself, contributed to the sense of doom and tragedy associated with the film. Despite the tragic events and eerie coincidences, skeptics argue that the curse of the crow can be explained by a combination of unfortunate accidents, human error, and coincidences. However, the curse has become deeply ingrained in popular culture and has added an air of darkness and mystique to the legacy of the film. Dun, 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 dun. So that one was, it was kind of cool to, like I said, go back and watch that movie that Jeremy put on last night to kind of get a little bit more of the background. Yeah, and see, I, I think the curse is real as far as the connection between Brandon and Pops. yeah. But as far as the movie is concerned, I mean, there's no other real. Everything kind of happened after ties. the fact, yeah, except for fact. except for the weird, you know, unexplained lights and equipment malfunctions and stuff. But that could have been, you know, I mean, I mean that happens every episode for us. So. <laughs> yeah, that's <is> true. I mean, <laughs> nothing works when you need it to. That's right. Well, the next one we're going to get into is. The Twilight Zone movie. Dun, 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 dun. And I remember there's one scene that I specifically remember, and I can't remember if it was from the Twilight Zone movie or if it was from one of the Twilight Zone shows. But again, people were on an airplane. Oh, yeah, that was the movie. Was it the movie in yeah. that creature? Was it with uh, John Lithgow? I can't remember who was in it, but that creature on the wing. Yep, no, that was the movie. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> That is ingrained in my brain. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, 
first time I seen that movie, I watched it like three or four times, and I was probably maybe 10, I don't know, which I, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> so the Twilight Zone movie, released in 1983, has unfortunately become infamous for a tragic accident that occurred during its production, which is often referred to as the Twilight Zone curse. The movie was an anthology of four segments playing tribute to the original Twilight Zone television series created by Rod Sterling. During the filming of one of the segments directed by John Landis, a helicopter accident took place on July 23, 1982, which resulted in the deaths of actor Vic Morrow and two child actors, Micah Dinah Lee and Renee Shin Yi Chen. The accident happened during a night shoot in California's Indian Dunes area. Morrow was holding the two child actors and was caught in the rotor blades of a low-flying helicopter. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you imagine seeing that happen? No. Oh. And I hope they tore up or, you I know. I mean, at least it'd be a quick way to go, but my God, oh. it'd be... I mean, that'd be a nightmare you'd live with the rest of your life, whoever seen that happen. Well, and I'd hope that they destroyed the film, too. Oh, I'm sure they did. Oh, just, uh, oh. I would hope they would. <laughs> I am uh, just, my stomach is like, oh, my God. It is up in my throat right now. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, the uh, Exorcist movie, huh? You're going to blow green pea soup everywhere? <laughs> pretty here? much, pretty much. I mean, just <laughs> thinking of that, oh, my the oh no hell no <laughs> some little chunkies yeah. <laughs> so obviously this did lead to their tragic deaths the incident led to a lengthy legal battle and investigation into the safety protocols on set which it should have you should have your helicopter tethered <laughs> ultimately resulting in significant changes in the industry's approach to safety measures during film productions the event cast a shadow of tragedy and controversy over the Twilight Zone movie. So the next one we're going to cover is The Dark Knight. Okay. This one's a little bit of a stretch, I think. I don't know anything about this one. So the notion of a curse surrounding the movie The Dark Knight is a topic that has gained attention and speculation among fans and the media, However, it's important to approach these claims with a rational and critical perspective. While several unfortunate incidents occurred during or after the production of the film, they can be attributed to a combination of coincidence and personal circumstances rather than a supernatural curse. One of the most prominent incidences associated with The Dark Knight was the untimely death of the actor Heath Ledger, who portrayed the iconic character of the Joker. Ledger's death in January 2008 due to an accidental overdose sparked rumors of a curse surrounding the film. However, it's important to remember that Ledger's passing was a tragic event resulting from his personal struggles and not directly linked to any curse. Additionally, there were a few other incidents that have been connected to the supposed curse, these include the accidental death of crew members during a special effects test and a fatal car crash involving a stunt involving a stunt man. 
While these incidents are undoubtedly unfortunate, they can be attributed to the inherent risks and challenges involved in large-scale film productions rather than a curse specifically related to The Dark Knight. It's not uncommon for movies with significant media attention or blockbuster status to have stories and rumors surrounding them. These narratives often emerge when multiple unrelated incidents occur within a specific time frame, leading some to believe in supernatural forces at play. However, it's essential to consider the broader context and recognize the coincidence and tragedies can happen in any industry, including the film industry. For sure. For sure. So that is all I have for that. But I, when I was reading this just now, it made me think of the movie Three Men and a Baby. Mm-hmm. There was supposedly a ghost on that. I've heard that. And they actually caught it on film. I heard that, and I think i seen the picture. Did you see the picture? I can't remember if it was a little boy or a little girl. I can't remember. I was almost thinking it was adult-sized, but uh, I think it, it was years ago when I seen the picture. Yeah. But- do you know of any other cursed movies or cursed TV shows? I don't think so, but I've never really been one to... Uh... We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. I'm Movie Miss, one of the co-hosts of the great podcast about bad movies called Let's Talk Turkeys. Where you'll find our format is a bit different than the other talking head programs you're used to. I'm a Gen Xer. My co-host is a millennial. So we're usually on the same page, but we do occasionally agree to disagree. And we always have a good laugh. Join us as we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of cinema. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find quality podcasts. Search for that kind of thing either. I hadn't either until... And and a lot of it I have a hard time believing, you know, because you'll read these and they'll say, well, the cameraman died 10 years after filming. It must be... Related. Related to the curse. Right. Well, like the Poltergeist one, I think, has... I mean, obviously, the Twilight Zone, I mean, that was a tragic accident, the Exorcist. But Poltergeist, I think they definitely had a lot of loss in that movie, unfortunately. But whether it's a curse or not, not sure. But you're also playing with real people's, you know, remains, too. I mean, I'd haunt your ass if you were using my remains in a movie. That is a little weird. But they did do that back in that day. You know, they bought old medical... Right. Cadavers and stuff. Or not cadavers, but uh, skeletons. skeletons. I mean, H.H. H. Holmes made a fortune off of it. Yeah, and probably some of those are his, you know? <laughs> but this Dark Knight one, too, which I meant to look up because it it seems like uh, Heath Ledger died. I think it was three years after okay, the movie. Yeah, three years. Because I think so, I looked it up, but I think the movie was in 2005 and Heath Ledger because I was almost thinking he did another movie after The Dark Knight, and then he passed away after that. Basically, what I did is I, you know, searched for the top cursed movies, and those are the ones I covered. But I, I got the least amount of information from The Dark Knight, right? Of anything that had really happened. I think it's so. just people trying to come up with better Id- right. ideology of why he died, right? Know? But yeah, it's a. Uh, 
kind of crazy, but now it makes me want to go have a movie marathon. <laughs> I think we should. We should. I like movies. Me too. And maybe I'll try to stay awake for more than one. Well, if not, I'll tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> you always tell me everybody dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I say, what happens? Everybody died. They died. I mean... All of these movies. We have a pretty significant Blu-ray and DVD collection. I've watched them all. You've watched them all. I've probably watched a fourth of them. So <laughs> You're silly. I need to figure out how to... I need to sit... Even if I sit upright, I still fall asleep during them sometimes. I don't... I think it's because I I like to fall asleep watching TV. So I've gotten myself in that habit of when I sit down to watch TV, I go to sleep. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't help that, you know, our couch is comfy. Oh, it you is so comfy. you got a cozy blanket wrapped around you. Yeah. And then you got two monster dogs. Snuggling right up with yeah, you. Yeah, right on top of you. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> So it's, and like, it's like you're in mama's womb again. <laughs> Harley and Maisie are not small dogs. I don't know if we've talked about them much on the podcast but they're alapaha blue blood bulldogs yeah so they're they're 90 pound monsters that right. think they're lap dogs yes yes and they harley definitely thinks he's a lap dog Maisie, most of the time she'll cuddle up behind my legs or in between my legs but harley has to be on top of you and he's 90 pounds Har- Maisie's probably around 70 but i don't think so i think Maisie's like 230 pounds. <laughs> 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 the way she claps I mean, on you sometimes. She, she might be a little bit smaller, but I think she's just like, she's made of metal. <laughs> so it's They're, like, she lays on you and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> we'll have to post pictures. And I've, there's a picture of Harley sitting on Jeremy's lap that kind of gives a perspective of how big he actually is. His Harley's head is bigger than Jeremy's. <laughs> what are you saying? I got a small head? No, he's got a big lug head. <laughs> but when you look at him on the ground or without any context, they don't look like they're that big because they're not XL dogs. Yeah. They're just muscle. Sick. Yeah. Pure muscle. But anyway, that is our show for today. Hope you guys liked it. And I don't think we have any news. I hope you enjoy the couple of crossovers that we've had. And I think we did Kevin's and then we'll have Jenny from Palmer House. I think the episode before this. And that's going to be a fun one. We haven't recorded it yet. So it's coming. It's coming. But... Anyway, until next time. Laters. Keep on keeping on. We love you. Smell you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Total Conundrum. Please make sure to check out our website and blog at totalconundrum.com. For news, upcoming events, merch, bloopers, and additional hysteria. You never know what will pop up, so be sure to follow along. If you want to show your support for Total Conundrum and gain access to all of our bonus content, please visit our Patreon page. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links are available in our show notes. If you have any questions, comments, recommendations, or stories to share, please email us at contact at totalconundrum.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, 
review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the love. Keep on creeping on, mother cluckers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.